Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friends Kyle Rice, Russell Gardner, and I are continuing our five-week series in Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra with volume five of the series. We're going through issues number 49 through 60, so consider yourself warned because we're also going into full spoilers. This has been a long series that, you know, we recorded this episode a long time ago and I never got around to putting it out. So here is your conclusion to Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. As always, remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics. And make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons as well as leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here's your episode. Welcome back to Cameron Reads Comics. That's our second try at the intro because we're really giggly. But we are finally, at long last, I literally think we recorded the last episode one year ago. Our finish, or not not last episode, first episode one year ago. Why the Last Man, Volume 5, the final chapter. The show has been now started and canceled, run through completely in the time that it's taken us to finish the comic book series. So... I'm back with my friends Russell and Kyle. Say hello, fellas. What's up, Cam? Hi, Cam. All right. <laughs> you can't tell which one of us that is. They both sounded exactly the same. That is what I realized, too. I Today, I listened to the first two episodes of the series, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like Those are totally, uh, completely the same person. So, Luckily, I know who you guys are. Your voices just sound the exact same. We have the same tone of voice. That's good. Yeah, that yeah, it just happened. <laughs> I feel like I've never thought of that with you, but I could see it. Good I mean, for us. I'm proud of you guys. Um, okay, so let's just get into it. So for Volume 5, there's a lot to talk about, but I think more than anything, what prompted this entire series to happen was Russell and I talking about this series years ago. Um, we, I think... It was both of our first read-throughs, and, and once I finished a volume, I sent it to Russ, and then he read it, and I, I on the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about getting coffee together and, and breaking down the ending of this book, and now that we have reread it, revisited it, revisited it, there's a lot to talk about. So, I guess let's hop right into it, full and complete spoilers. Uh, where this volume picked up is I don't know. The first thing that I really thought was conversation worthy was them being with Dr. Mann's father and all of that stuff going down. So I guess the big reveal, one of the big reveals in that moment was Dr. Mann's father was still alive. I wrote, Yorick was not in air quotes, the last man. How do we feel about her father still being alive? Do Are we pro con Kyle? How do you feel? Um, I'll jump in and say I, I'm I'm not a fan of Dr. Man's father being being here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't I found myself both the first time and this time rereading it just kinda like not caring about uh Doctor Man's background. Yeah. To be honest. And um to give I don't know so much of what this whole like storyline is riding on to just that uh, her dad's been there the whole time. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I was never, I, I never grabbed onto that, that plot line really. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm close to the same. Cause I was like, okay, how much, how bad do I really care about any of that going on? Russell, how, how did it stick for you? Like, cause I feel like it was supposed to be a huge reveal, but it's kind of like they've teased us so many times with the last man coming up. I think it kind of felt flat. So, uh, Russ, how do you feel? Even reflecting on the first read through and then reading it the second time, 
I like the feeling of disappointment that I get with Dr. Man and even Dr. Well, Dr. Male Man. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, um, no, I got you. I got Dr. You. Man. Her father. Her father. And um, the like even the explanation of like what happened to start the plague and stuff. I I like how I not that I'm disappointed by the Dr. Man reveal, mm-hmm. but I am disappointed by the explanation that accompanies it. That's my um, we're going to touch on that next question. So be ready for that. So all that to say, I guess, is I'm I'm kind of OK with it. I'm OK that it even maybe falls flat because I feel like it still serves like a purpose and the emotion that I feel it's not like a shocker necessarily or something, or I'm not like, whoa, like here's this big payoff. But I kind of like that at the same time. Well, actually, let's just get right into it. Do you think, and and this is something like as I was reading, I realized because I think that this series being, we, you know, we were all really young when this came out. I think the, the finale came when Russell and I were in sixth grade. And so it's not, you know, we're not quite, we weren't on eggshells waiting for the ending or demanding explanations on a monthly basis for this like five year duration series. So with that being said, do do you think we needed an explanation? Do you care about the explanation? Was it necessary? Did you think Brian K. Vaughn owed it to the readers to say what caused the gender side? Um, Or would you have preferred no? I think the way he did it was fine. I liked it because I think it's even to me, at least reading both times, it felt like it was an explanation, but you're still like not entirely convinced of the explanation. And so you're still like, I guess that makes sense. But also, is that what happened? Like, that's how I felt, at least reading it. Right. And so I kind of like that because I feel like one of the running themes is something like things are supposed to make sense and sometimes they kind of don't or sometimes they only partially make sense that mm-hmm. that just seems to be like even with that's like part of their character development is like kind of realizing things sort of suck sometimes or you know don't yeah. have a point um and i think i like that i think i resonate with that yeah i think for me it's not i think I, I, when i think about all those kinds of things and i even internally with my life I've realized for me, the answer is never going to be the why. The why is never going, and oh, that was no pun intended. <laughs> it's the why of how, why something happened is not going to give me any sort of resolve. You know, it doesn't resolve any of the issues in, in the series they're currently facing. It's matter, ipso facto, we're still in a world without men. This, okay, now we know why it happened, and we know, I guess, air quotes, who's responsible. That, okay that didn't really do anything for me for the story. Mm. Uh, I think except for, I, I agree with what you were saying, Russ, Kyle, how, how do you feel about, I guess with Dr. Man and the why do do we care? Well, to kind of piggyback off Russ a little bit and I reading it the first time. And I guess reading it now, like kind of coming with the same emotions of like, how does he end this book? Like, how does he end like the storyline? How does, do we ever get like the answer? Kind of asking myself that all over again, just cause it's been a while since I've read this book. Um, and couldn't like really clearly remember like the exact reason. Um, but I still also do kind of feel like we don't know for sure. Um, as like, I mean, he, the Dr. Man's dad, um, you know, kind of goes into like the whole like science, like it's, you know, it went over whatever it was, 186, 100,000 miles, whatever. Um, and like, this was for sure ground zero, you know, but it's like, uh, like maybe be, but then later in the book, we also get another explanation from alter as to why, you know, like the chemical, yeah. uh, broke out because of the culpering and it dropped at this specific spot in Beijing, China, which is very close to where Dr. Man is working in the first place. So, um, yeah, I kind of like that we get an explanation. Um, but I think it's in, you know, Brian K Vaughn fashion of like, you actually like, aren't getting a, like a perfectly satisfactory sound explanation. Like you're still left wondering. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah, absolutely. I think I agree. It's 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 like Joker in the Dark Knight, where you don't really know his origin story because he changes the story every single time. And and I appreciate that. And I think even with Doctor Man Senior's explanation. There was like a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing there where it's like they, they even I think mentioned it's like does it matter why, like in in the comic they, they mentioned that and I was like you know what I'm I'm with that I'm like oh, okay let's move past that and yeah. like I I like that we talked a lot in the first episode about Yorick being um, like whether or not it was destiny for him or either way or whether he should be the 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 male to be the representative of all males. It's like no, he's not qualified, and that's and that's why it's like this is just how it is, and this is I guess it's it's realistic and it's grounded, and so I'm like I don't need some sort of weird exp- sciencey explanation for this incredibly fictional thing. I'm just taking the world as it is. I feel like reading it now, you know, all the way through, having all the all the volumes that we could all read it like in one sitting if we wanted to. I've I felt myself getting towards the end and not exactly like. I don't think I needed an explanation as to why the, you know, the plague happened as much as I needed to know. I wanted to know like what happens with Yorick in the end, you know, and I, that's like what I was yearning for, but I, I'm curious to know from someone who was reading it as the time it was coming out. Like, I don't know if you I don't know if we could ask someone who works at our yeah. comic book stores, you know, if they were reading it like when it was coming out, but I'm curious to know if people were like begging him for a, you know, how it happened or why it happened. I, I'd be curious to, to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's curious. How do we feel about the departure from our main characters? Because this volume was kind of a lot of like just closing the book on why the last man. And I mean, from an issue to issue, like range, you know, kind of a lot of stuff in this, in, in this volume that I thought kind of happened really in a snappy pace did not happen in the issues. He kind of took his time closing out these chapters. So before I feel like he wrapped up the story in that way, it, it shown, it shined a light onto where some characters that we had met in this world had left off. So I'm talking about the, um, the people, what's it called? The, the actors who, who were making then a movie. And it also had the, uh, what's her face? The, 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 I think it's the first girl that Yorick met who was collecting dead bodies. Yeah. How'd you feel about like oh, those garbage lady? Yeah. How did Russ, how'd you feel about those? Um, did you like that world building or were you like, I could do without it? I think I, I like it to an extent, but it, it's, hard for me to pick back up on a couple of those stories like with the theater trope and everything because I think I mean even reading this like the second time it's like I have these panels that I'm looking forward to so badly yeah um and I in reading it the first time it's like I the in a way it's like it's a interruption from something these burning questions that I have um I did like the, I did like going back to the garbage lady quite a bit though, um, and like developing that story a little further. Um, I just thought that was interesting because that's really a character that. Do we even really like hear about her really since like no. book one? And so that's just like so interesting to me. Like that's someone we're gonna come back to and just have like a little bit of closure with, and then move on. I kind of like that because of the the suddenness of that. I, to be honest, if there's one part of the book uh, in like the series that I'm not as big on as the other parts, it's probably like the theater trope thing. For for whatever reason, I, I, it just doesn't grab my attention as much as all these other grand moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But I did like the garbage lady. thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I was like, honestly, I think I was, I was for it because... One of the things I liked most about Brian K. Vaughn throughout this text was his world building. You know, like I said, I re-listened to the episode. Russell, I don't know if you remember this, but your favorite part of, uh, or one of your favorite parts in book one was when, I was going to call him Y, Yorick and, and that girl, a random pedestrian, were sitting at the, what's it called, the monument, the Washington Monument. 
and yeah. they were talking about she was just sitting there mourning the musicians, the yeah. rock stars that had died, and, and and how kind of world built, you know, how thoughtful he was about making all that. That that's it made me think about you know what you're saying, and and, and those chapters made me think kind of about that. It's like oh wow, like you know how are these people doing and how they're affected, and for the sake of this podcast, Kyle. It answered, and you couldn't refind it when I texted you, but in issue 54, it it said, hey, now that electricity is starting to come back, I was literally so happy. It's like this, such a throwaway line that doesn't matter to anyone except for us. It was the best. It was not satisfactory. Right. <laughs> literally knocked it down like knocked down the score for that <laughs> he's like in the first volume was on a five it was a 4.8 or whatever because you're based on electricity i mean you're talking about the world bed yeah. building that's a big question i had <laughs> a, one of the biggest questions i had it was a great question and you know we we never got to completely find out um to to touch on kind of those those extra little issues um as a viewer, stuff like that pisses me off when I'm like watching or I'm reading something and it just takes you to another, like, like Russell said, you have these burning questions. You're waiting for like that big moment. You get all this stuff teased and you're there. You're at the last book. You want to know the answers. And here is two to three issues <laughs> about characters. You like, you don't really care about you don't really know them anymore um and normally in like tv shows i i hate it and i like want to skip through it like um cameron you and i and i think russell actually watched it right uh titans Titans. did you did you end up watching titans some of that some of it you watched the Um, first season right how many seasons are there three three Three. i watched the first two and honestly that's preferred you should have only stuck to two frankly you spoiled that I think I, I think I watched the like the first episode of the third one and I was like, nah, I don't know if I like but the direction this is going. They they do that show does that so poorly, I think. Oh I, really? I think they get you to the point and they do like three in a row of just like the most boring episodes you could possibly watch. And then you get to the point and you're like, Hell yeah, I'm here and from there and usually that reveal is great. But those filler episodes, like, well, can I you hate. give me an example? I'm like not, I'm not picturing any because I, I love um, that show. No, I vibe yeah. with that though. I think I remember I, complaining to you about that. Yeah, I, I know it specifically oh. happens in season two. Oh. Um, was it like the the episode where Donna dies? Sorry, that's a spoiler. <laughs> that's a fast. Um, no, I think it's. Wait, season two is with Deathstroke, right? Oh wait, Donna. She doesn't die. Oh, you just spoiled me for something else. What'd you spoil Did me for? Did she die? Did she? Di- I don't think she dies. Someone else dies on the Teen Titans, but Donna doesn't. Aqua. Okay. Lad. No, that was I was trying to dodge it. <laughs> I was trying not to. That's spoil season it two, though. Yeah, it's uh, season two out of three, so it's on you. No, but it, <laughs> and that's um, not even like a real person in the thing. Yeah, it's no. Just, flashback only, only. Yeah. His yeah. only thing is he's dead. But so. no, he, yeah, uh, that's his bit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you guys were pissed about it. <laughs> I didn't mean to take us this deep into Titans, but like, no, I like the example I think of is you get to the point where I think it's um, Jason Todd is being dropped from the window. Oh, I and loved it's, it. And you don't know, you don't know what happens until literally two episodes later. Two oh, weeks. Well, wait, two, we- two and a half weeks. Two and a half, three weeks later. No, it's two weeks. And want to know why? Because the entire, the entire episode is Connor Kent, and guess who eventually catches him. Yeah, I get Still that. Annoying. It's an origin. I love I, it. No, I get I that, but it's. I love it so much. I, I get that, but. No, you don't. I think <laughs> the con in my if I was if I was writing that the Connor Kent episode would come before the episode that, and he runs off somewhere, and then it's the next episode, where Jason Todd falls through the building. Whatever, we'll just dis- we'll agree to. Dis- let me get to this. <laughs> let me get to this point, and that's something I typically hate. And I, Brian K. Vaughn made me enjoy that in this in this book where I enjoyed. I <laughs> I'm so I, on I'm pro Kyle right now. I, 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 my head. I enjoyed it in this story, pausing and going to those those groups of people like the the 
the people that were making the movie and yeah, we the, know, the, the dun- I don't know. whatever the garbage truck girl and hers 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 yeah and hers was super you know specific and we get you know she has to take out uh mrs brown or whatever her name is what's her first name york's mom is her first name york's mom (laughs) brown york's mrs mom's brown um but anyway i didn't mean to take us on such a long titans uh, i do agree though that there's something to be said about i mean we've talked about this before maybe it was not even in why maybe it was in like saga or something how i think brian came on he he earns certain things from the reader and so whereas in other mediums maybe they don't earn it as much they give you like a whole episode and you're like this doesn't i don't why do you have to do this to me now uh, with brian k vaughn it feels like even the things that at times feel like distractions still have payoff and so he earns your interest in those moments that's that's what i think because i think i even remember like early on in like a first read like having those feelings at first of like, why, why do I keep, give me back to York, stop talking about other things. And then like, as you start to get some payoff for those other things, you're okay being distracted because you know that you're still going to good places. Mm -hmm. It's not a distraction for the sake of only building up anticipation for one thing, right? One payoff, which is like really well done. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think to, to, to Russ's point, or maybe uh, from a different angle, it felt like like this whole run has been such like a fun ride and like I just wanted to like be on it a little bit longer before we got to the hard stop. You know what I mean? That is the end of the series. So I'm like, it, that's, I think I'm, I'm more pro it in that regard because I'm like, oh, I, I got to spend some time with these characters and play in the in this toy chest that I wanted to, you know? So, so that's how I feel about it. Um Okay, so next question. Let's go into. I don't have much after that because after that we kind of really just ramp up to the. Well, let's get to the meaty stuff. I feel like we could talk about that yeah. for a while. I feel yeah. I'm like I feel like there's not much until now the end, and I just kind of want to give Russ a moment to shine here, which is his favorite part of this series, which is the ending, and it's not the end like the core ending like issue sixty. We're talking I think issues fifty. Let's say fifty six through fifty nine. Which now that I think about it, it's three quick issues, but um, <clears throat> or four. Okay, Russ, I'm just gonna let you talk at length about the ending of the series. It was controversial. Um, you loved it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Oh wait, actually, before we go into this, I, I need to tell them. I warned them because after I listened to the first episode, I found I found a little nugget that I just adore. And Russell, maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. Do you remember why Alter's name is Alter? Or wait, do we want to go into that? Wait, do we want to talk about Alter and 355? Mm. Or do we want to talk about Yorick and Beth? Because Yorick and Beth happens first. Uh, It's up to you. I like the 355 stuff. We're just going to go into the 355 stuff. Uh, We'll talk about Yorick and Beth uh, afterwards. Uh, Remind me someone. It was something about how her family... It was something with her family and... Remind me. Okay. Alter's name... And I'm so glad we mentioned this in the first episode. Alter's name... She's not named. That is the thing. Uh Alter does not have a name so that the angel of death doesn't know who to go to. Because the two people... I think she had two siblings. They both died. And so they decided... That's right. They decided not to name Alter. That's right. And so that was just a moniker that she went by. You know who else didn't have a name? 355. Mm-hmm. Because she died when her family died in her origin story. You know what I realized happens? And this is what blew my mind. When does 355 die? When she tells Yorick her name. I was That literally blew my mind. That is when the wow. angel of death came to her doorstep. It's literally, she whispers in York's ear, and you see it, Brian came on so perfectly, through the freaking, like, uh, what's it called? Window? No, what's no, the, the... scope. Scope, thank you. Oh. Through the scope, and then that's, I was like, it blew my mind. I, I just was like, oh my gosh. It's so perfect. Okay, now... That was what blew my mind. I yeah. warned them. I was like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. It's really good, though. It's, it's interesting to the... 
irony, I guess, of Alter also revealing her name. What did she? Doesn't she say her name? My name is not Alter, it's Yadida, sister of Rachel. No, I didn't get that. (laughs) Or like whatever. I don't know what Yadida means. Is that she's saying some name that she has that she doesn't speak? I I don't know what that panel means, but I know it's like significant. It's on page 254 if you're on the... I'm I'm looking up Yadida meaning. It's Yadida, sister of Rachel. Is Rachel her sibling who... It's... No. Any... Any lore no, on that? No, it's not. I'm not seeing anything. I think that's like her name that like they wouldn't speak or something. Oh, no? Which oh. it's it's interesting that she's wishing for death at that moment. Yes. And gives her name almost as an offering for death, right? And York doesn't gratify her. I literally... Also, how do we feel about York not... More than anything, wait, we're, we're stumbling. We're looking... Oh, we're, man, it's, it's we're huge. We're walking yeah. past... Russell's favorite of the entire series. Okay, how do you how do you feel about three fifty five's death? Yeah, so that I that's my favorite moment by far, and not because I love it, but because it's so devastating. Like it hurts so bad. It is per it's perfect tragedy. And I I even reading like reading this time and thinking to myself, man, it's crazy how. I feel so connected and want so badly for this person to live. And I don't even know her name, you know, like how great of like storytelling is that, that I don't even know her name at all. And I'm the first, when I read this for the first time and I got to that part, I powered through the ending. I closed the book. I like cried for like an hour. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, love that. I like wept. There's been there's a few things that like when I read, like uh, the other one that comes to mind is like the end of Tale of Two Cities. Like I read that same thing. Like I closed it and I just like wept for like an hour. Oh my gosh! And it was such a I, I was like heavy for like a couple days after the ending of this book. Just like, man, like I'm in a funk. Like. Yeah. What a sad ending here. But I mean, I think it's so perfect how the who's built up time and time again to kind of be this noble character, even like the York kind of um, tells her to her face how like selfless she is for oh, being yeah. that person who's like accompanying someone who no one wants to sit next to at the table, like the whole peanut allergy table he makes the metaphor for yeah it's like it's so true that she at a certain point it's not about a mission anymore at a certain point it is just like almost her own selflessness and Uh, yeah her just the way they build up that character is so perfect and the way they build up the relationship with yorick is so perfect and then you have that like beautiful romeo and juliet moment where it's like oh man maybe it'll work out just kidding it's gone and it's like so sad and i mean and like it's it's because i never read it my first my first reading of it i never read the series and was like man and and i think this is kind of just my uh it's cookie cutter or whatever not to disrespect myself but just kind of like the way I read things, I'm like, I'm just very surface level. I'm like, okay, Yorick and Beth. Yeah, I never was rooting for 355 and Yorick. And I never saw them together. And I was like, whatever. Like, I don't see why they, they're supposed to be together. He wants to be with Beth. Beth sounds great. You know, let's get them together. And then when you, how perfectly punctuated it is between your like Beth breaking up with Yorick when she wanted to do it five years ago and then getting to 355 him finally like giving this moment that's supposed to be so satisfying was kind of like over my head I was like oh I thought it was like pigeonholed but I didn't get that obviously on the second time I saw the seeds a lot more clearly and like how they were like planting those and then to get to this moment we've been waiting for oh my gosh they're finally going to be together and then they have this intimate moment that's secret you know and and it's only between them it doesn't even matter what her name is but the fact that he knows and she told them everything and then she's gone i'm like oh they didn't even like this thing too and maybe this is 
a modern, like, and I mean just, like, in today's standards, think about it. They didn't even have, like, sex, which, like, blows my mind when it's like, well, that's what we attribute to intimacy. But it's like, no, they had something greater, which was her sharing her name with him, which mm-hmm. is, oh. Yeah. And it's, it's the part of that, too, that kind of kills me is how he reveals to her, oh, remember in my whole, like, suicide trip, like, the vision that I had that saved me. It was you, and they have that panel of her, and she's got the scarf around her, which I think is just, like, brilliant. Yeah. And that kind of adds to me the sense of tragedy because it's like, well, York, if you weren't such a freaking idiot, then we could have resolved this issues and issues ago, and we could have had it, we could have built upon this romantic relationship, and just to, like, to have that coupled with it of, like, man, York, you're so stupid to think that this girl, your girlfriend from years and years ago who might not even be alive like that's the thing you're going to chase you've got the thing right in front of you you know um and that to me just like highlights the tragedy even more because it's like man what could have been not only if 355 had lived in that moment but also what could have been if we could have just like got the ball rolling like years and years earlier you know yeah um because at this point it's like what, like a five-year journey at least or something? It's like around five it was, years? It was. He was 25 and then he was 20, or 22 when it started, then he was 27 when it ended. Yeah. They say multiple times, and I was like, huh. Um, Kyle, how do you yeah. feel about it? We yeah, just thanks kinda... for uh, leaving so much on the table. All right, so, um, ne- so next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, no, I I mean, I have a few other, um, few other points in that uh, where I love, <clears throat> I love how when we talk about like the selflessness of, of her, I love that she gets York all the way there. And then she sets up York to run into Beth or she yeah. gets to that exact spot where they're going to run into each other. And then she, you know, disappears and where she's like that last ditch, like selfless act. Like you go be with like your girl that you've told me for five years now that you want like so badly um and in that moment where i agree with with cam on both times reading it volumes one through four i want him to get back with beth yeah and it's both times at that moment i literally say to myself like where'd she go yeah i wanted i didn't i didn't want her to disappear and we see beth and they get to each other and they kiss and i'm like disappointed Mm mm-hmm and I'm like, I want like my 355 back. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my moment where like, I, I can't remember if like, you know, I, I don't think I ever, I know Russell is in love with 355 from like day one. And I know that's typically has been your favorite character. Most of the volumes where I don't think she's been mine once because both times reading it, she's, oh, we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah so that's just like my moment where like i like fall in love i fall in love with 355 and um another another like kind of nugget that in my like input into this whole thing is i i can't remember too many times uh throughout the whole storyline where there's like no dialogue on a few pages or like on multiple panels and especially not where like Yorick is like speechless or Yorick doesn't have anything to say and it's like in those moments or like in those moments specifically where 355 dies and it's like seven or eight panels in a row where there's no dialogue where it's a very typical thing in like comics or like graphic novels for that to happen during like a death scene where someone dies but I think it's like particularly powerful to just have like a reader in silence not being able to read anything but just seeing like the emotion on his face and then watching her go down um i think uh is super powerful specifically in this case Mm -hmm. it was it was so freaking good it was like and he just teed it up perfectly Mm -hmm. i freaking just adored it was it was so so well done um rest you got anything else on the subject or are we square um any any new inspirations? I mean, I can talk about my favorite panel of the whole the whole dang thing. Yeah, 
Well, my favorite, I don't even have it pulled up, but it's like when they're in that train, they're in the train. I've talked about this with you. Oh, yeah. They're in the train and they're like talking about that comic book. That's like why the oh. last woman essentially. It's, oh, wait, wait, that, that comes from that comes from the the, the people that people. make the movie. And yeah. then they're like, oh, we should make comics. We don't need electricity. Yeah. And it's from <laughs> electricity. <laughs> Jerks. But oh, it's like during that and my favorite ding oh i found it okay it's when they're they're talking about it and you just have this scene of like 355 it's perfect my favorite panel it's just her like she's knitting and she's looking at yorick and then she says if you're an english major why can't you speak english is it any good or not? And she's just asking about the comic book, but she's knitting and they've done the hard work to build up. What does it mean when 355 knitting? It means she's she's horny. a horny girl. Oh, and, I forgot. I re- oh my and gosh. And just her looking at Yorick, that's the perfect setup for me. And that to me, like on that train, he's looking out the window. It's just beautiful. It's like, this is what the relationship could be. This yeah. is actually what it is right now. Yeah. And it's like kind of beautiful. And you have this this scarf theme that's been running throughout, and you know what the scarf means. And even when she like gives him the scarf, it's like I don't know. I think that's like really powerful because of yeah. the deeper meaning behind that, which is like, oh, that's like her that's her horny scarf. Like that's <laughs> she wants to do you. <laughs> yeah. And you uh, idiot. I don't know. Just that that panel it hits me. So, and even to contrast that, right? Like you've only got. You've only got a few pages left with 355 and just that beautiful pure moment to kind of juxtapose that with, oh, and here's the name reveal. We don't get to know the name at all. And that's it. Yeah. I'm, I, with, with that, I, I remember a long time ago, actually, I posted, if you guys go into the archives of the Camerades Comics Instagram, I posted that page because, uh, mostly because of what Yorick says, because it's like, there's two things, just fun facts. Brian K. Vaughn's a huge Superman fan, like, and obviously just to be a comic book guy, but he inserts something about Superman and ex- excluding like, I don't know, Pride of Baghdad, but mostly in like every, he, it's a major theme in, uh, Ex Machina, which is a political book he wrote. Uh, it's in, we stand on guard and now it's in, uh, this book. He just, he inserts something about Superman. And so he says something about Supergirl, postmodernism, da da da, in comics. And I thought it was super meta, but I like that. I don't know it it, it resonated with you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think that's I, th- I I think you're right too. I forgot about that though. When yet it's been too long. Yeah. Um. Okay, going into now, let's talk about Beth and um, uh, Yelwick's breakup because that. I think that when I talk about, I talk a lot about me resonating the most with Yorick because of his, he doesn't see what's right in front of him. And you know, Kyle and I just kind of went on a tangent about that, about like, Oh yeah, he was supposed to do that the whole time. Like la da da da. But, um, her framing up the phone call to say, Hey, I broke up with, and also, wait, too, to go to your point really quick, because I just remembered this. Subconsciously, Yorick knows he's not supposed to be with Beth. He's supposed to be with 355. Sexually, because do you remember in this, when he has his, like, final dream, and he's like, oh, wow, Agent 355's all, like, frankly naked, and then Beth is a zombie girl? I'm mm-hmm. like, he knows he's not, like, quite supposed to be with her. Um, but on top of that, going back to their breakup it was foreshadowed at the very in the first issue on their phone call how do we feel about like her finally coming what do you remember when you first read it how'd you feel about it now when they broke up when she's like oh i was gonna break up with you and he was gonna propose he wore her ring around his neck the entire five years kyle how'd you feel about it i feel like that was you know kind of the the inevitable um i i think there was you know there was no situation um us as the readers where as much as like our like surface level like kind of wanting him to be with like his girl that he like yearns to be with like allegedly um i think it was like destined to not be you know what 
it was and it's been planted from the very beginning that it really wasn't what it was anyway um and so i think i i don't know i think i think they're just not our main focus point of why the last man and and so i think it was simple enough of like a i didn't want to really be with you then and kind of this whole journey to get back with you now and kind of just like that whole trope of like it being too good to be true type of thing where it's like you know they got to like have sex and it looks all nice and dandy and it's like the most boring cookie cutter yeah four pages you've ever seen in your life yeah um and then it's just like inevitable to come out and that she was going to break up with him originally i don't know i i i like it and i like that it just blew up in york's face like that and um that sometimes kind of just like the final straw that you need to get back to who you love and where you want to where you truly want to be yeah and like then we get the best moment with three to five after that so i i agree i agree it's just like oh my gosh because i think that i think about like when we, I think when we started this, I had just gone through a breakup and it was like the most, I think that, uh, hindsight, especially 2020, but I think it was written on the wall for a long time and you rejected it. And I think that listening to the first phone call with, uh, Beth knowing, knowing the result, you know, for the second time yep. reading it, it was just like, Oh my gosh, like been there buddy you know mm-hmm. and so it just kind of like resonates so also like i i just remember kind of feeling how yorick felt and obviously n- not having something on the other line but yeah so i just that it in that way where he's pining for this girl that really kind of doesn't want to be with him i just i was there and like that's not to speak ill of any of my you know previous partners it was just like that's just fact of the matter you know i feel like we've all kind of been in a situation like that yeah uh, well, and to add on to what I, what I really like about that breakup is I like the idea that York is constantly chasing really the unknown throughout the whole book with Beth. The unknown of whether she's alive or not. It's, it's all a dream, you know? He's kind of built up Beth, especially after this whole plague breaks out to she's like the end all be all you know and so i like the idea i I just like how this pays off because it's like you know you build up so much expectations and dreams and everything and you're actually not really engaging with reality and engaging with reality would have been with 355 and i think like there's a message in there i i mean i at least think that's there's truth in that, that mm. we can, I mean, it's good to dream. I'm not bashing dreaming, but we I'm can, yeah. we can build <laughs> up like these lives for ourselves, how things could be circumstantial kind of, I don't know, circumstantial lives for mm. how things could end up with, and, and not really like interact with the world around us and, and deal with what's practical. Yeah. I, and there's a fault there, you know? And so I like that aspect of it. Yeah. It's like humanity there, you yeah. know, because how it's a common theme. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. Uh, Kyle, did we ask you already? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, gonna... <laughs> I, I will, I will add to that. It is in, it's funny how, um, it's really not even, it's really not even her admitting to him that she was going to say no, that gets, I think at least what it seems like visually, Yorick to really second guess where he's at and to really doubt where he's at. I think it's her outlook on the past is they start arguing about um, like it's she's like, it's the past. It's the past. Like, you know, kind of, I think, alluding to what she is eventually going to admit. Um, And then Yorick like immediately jumps down her back, you know, and it's just like, it's the fucking past. Like it matters like this, like it matters, you know, and um I think it's interesting that it's not, you know, the actual like issue at hand of her going to say no. It's actually who they are now. It's their thought processes. It wasn't actually what it was even five years ago. 
Um, so I like it's like their ideologies or their way of thinking is what actually gets him to initially start doubting, mm-hmm. not the, you know, the false promise of marriage or whatever. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree. And she's funny too, because she's kind of like inconsistent where she's like, no, you're finally who I want you to be. And he's like, uh, no, you know, cause he's exactly, he was always who 355 wanted him to be. Yeah, and um, we find out she always wanted Hero. Yeah, and then we find out that Hero and her get together. I don't want to talk too much on, you know, I just want to hop into favorite characters because I feel like it's more punctuated better with, you know, issue 59 is the ending because I think where they go from there, I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about it except for like, okay, that's kind of crazy. I, just, I, I guess for me, it's always going to be a... a um, like I, I just think about Game of Thrones and I think about Sopranos and I just think about like these and even Breaking Bad that depending on who you talk to, some great narratives are always going to be like, it's going to be hard to land that plane. You can't satisfy everyone. You know, how many, how many great endings have we ever really gotten? And so like for this series to be as lauded as it was and as perfect as it was, I don't know if we were ever going to get an absolutely perfect ending. And so that's why I'm like 59, Leo, it's you 59, I think is perfect. And so like, I don't know. I wasn't really let down with issue 60. Can I, well, can I, I mean, personally, like one of my like highlighted moments is, is the fact that, you know, we find out that York tries to get to Dr. Man before she passes. Yeah. She passes, doesn't get to see her. Um, obviously 355, uh, dies like in our, whatever our present time is. And it jumps to the future. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we think for a second that York has now passed. And then we get like the big reveal that York is still alive yeah. and he's, you know, in a, a whatever it is, some sort of, yeah. yeah, institutionalized and in this like jacket. Um, and you get this, he gets this whole conversation with his, with the future clone yeah. um, who looks just like his like younger self from day one of the comic. Um, and then it, the book ends, which I personally, I think the ending of him being a successful escape artist, which is what he's practicing from the moment we meet him, I think is like spectacular. And I I think that, you know, we don't get this, this giant moment or like, you know, the, this giant war at the end, like this fight with alter. I I love that. That's not the ending. I love that. It's this crazy, like futuristic world that they have to live in. Um, and you don't really get to see too much of it except for these like weird little details. But, um, him, him freaking escaping that. And it's just like random landscape panels of like their new world at the time. I don't know. I think is, I think, uh, is a, is a great ending. Um, to the yeah. story. I, I don't know if at the time when it came out, if people were like super disappointed or something I think or that was the thing is people were disappointed at the ending. And that's why I'm like, I'm not, it didn't do, it, it didn't not do it for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but to your point, fun fact. And I, I don't know if I knew this. I don't know when I learned this, but I think you told me, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. I feel, I I feel you, like you've, you've known it for a while. Yeah. It's before it's, you read it the first time. I think when he, when Brian Kavon finished it, uh, he always had the last panel, last page, last last page of the straight jacket in the air. He always had that before he even started writing the series. So Yorick being in the straight jacket when we meet him, I thought was awesome because guess yeah. what? He can't get out of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and, and, and I read, I don't know if your guys' copies, I think they are like this and it has the, the script for the last, uh, issue. And I just kind of skimmed through it. Uh, the the straight jacket when it's in the air in the script. So in before, you know, what, what Brian Kavon sends to Pia Guerra, um, the straight jacket is in the shape of a perfect Y. And I mm. was like, oh, that's so perfect. That mm. is literally like so perfect. And so that resonated really well with me. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Like to, to further that point too. Um, Never mind. Just jump in. Sorry. All right. I just uh, totally I lost like, my th- train of thought. I'm with you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was even thinking of like, because I remember you, you saying that as well about that last panel. Um, 
yeah i love that i i don't know just the i i think even how you said it too cam with like this whole volume is the ending like drawn out especially at least the last half of it is just like small endings stacked on top of each other till we get to that final ending so that's why i think too like it's it it's okay for it to just be he's escaped the straight jacket too because that, it has so much perfect kind of symbolism throughout the the five volumes so far mm-hmm. and you've had so many different small payoffs medium payoffs big payoffs throughout this that to me as a reader it's really I don't know. There's something really satisfying about that, that there's so much time and intentionality spent towards that. It's not like one of those things, you know, where you watch them watch a movie and then you're like, oh, wow, that ending was crazy. And then you think about it for like an extra 20 seconds. You're like, actually, there's about seven things that didn't really make sense within that. You know, like um, there was a lot. I mean, it's, it's really poetic. There's a lot of really nice tied ends and really nice callbacks to volume one that i mean that's what makes it such a treat to read it again too of like noticing like oh man this phone call scene where he's in the straight jacket hanging upside down with ampersand talking on the phone to beth like yeah. this is a money scene right here like yeah. there's so much gold here that i need to hang on to for when i get here yeah and it's it's really easy to miss and it's so well done like to to write that first issue with all this, I mean, because there's yeah. got to be so much intentionality behind that, with with all this in mind, or at least having some some threads there. Like it's, it's great. I, I just loved it. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. I just started, of one of the more weird things. I just started thinking. He's like, yeah, and hero, you're gonna end up with Beth in the first <laughs> issue. I'm like, that's so funny to me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're kissing the boy in the fire truck right now, but don't be fooled. <laughs> but um, I remembered what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, you love that edge yeah. part? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was just gonna mention that I I remember back to you know us talking about the first few volumes and how we we harped on it quite a bit. Um, and you can probably attest to this. You just listened to the first two, but I do remember talking like at length. Um, and I think we all did about how Yorick, um, you know, isn't the guy to yeah. be the last man. Like he's not like a hero. He's not the, you know, not going to be like the macho guy to save yeah. the world. And, um, getting, getting that ending of him, you know, still trying to be an escape artist or still being an escape artist. I, I just love that it's 60 years later and he still hasn't freaking changed. He oh. still hasn't grown up to be that hero or, you know, that savior yeah. of like the earth that like you would think from the last. So I think it, it continues on with that uh, pretty well. Yeah. I think too, with Yorick, the, the one thing I think that really stands out to me is the fact that, um, he is the, I realized this, this issue more, or this volume more than anything. He is the number one ultimate mansplainer. I'm like, he's your classic film student who literally thinks that everyone else's taste is terrible and his taste is perfect. And you know what I noticed it the most is when him and Beth were like about to get into the fight. And he's like, this isn't, he's like, you know, you won't do anything to really piss me off. Like, you know, what pissed me off the most is that you think that Star Wars is better than 2001, I guess, Space Odyssey. And I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, you are the worst. <laughs> like, and like, and that's what I'm like, but that's what I love about Yorick. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm that like, comparison in and of itself is I'm like, like <laughs> screw you. You literally don't even, Yorick, you don't understand that Star Wars is fantasy, not sci-fi. Like it's space fantasy, not sci-fi. I'm like, if we're comparing freaking Blade Runner and 2001, okay, absolutely. Even, even I feel like Star Trek and Star Wars is not a real comparison. I'm like, it's, but anyway, anyways. Cam, you're trying to out York York right now. Yeah, gladly. <laughs> I'm like, you need to run it by Brian. Brian. Cave on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Brian, let's talk about Superman for a while. Like very Pomo. Pomo is nice. My yeah. favorite freaking York. I love him. I love him so much. Okay. Uh, quickly. Favorite moment. We got Russell's Kyle. What was your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment 
is uh wait what was yours was three mine was the panel where she's knitting and looking oh at your, okay yeah Russell's my mine's her <laughs> i'm gonna learn to knit that's the that's the <laughs> takeaway here and i'm not gonna be around you when you do and i'm only gonna knit when <laughs> i'm feeling things yeah. <laughs> uh my mine is mine's her uh her death uh, the few panels where it's yeah where i don't like russell said earlier i don't like i don't like that she dies but i like the devastation of it yeah um and i like it, that it's again like it this is the book that made me in love with her so yeah i just think we always talk about i think brian k vaughn is one of the few writers that writes perfect tragedy. I think sometimes deaths feel forced and he's the only one I think in every single book I've read of his, when a character dies, it's usually earned. I mean, I I, I don't, I think there's one example, but it's just not my favorite story by him where it's like, uh, but it's like, whatever, you know, every, every other time um, it's earned. And, which comes into my favorite moment. I knew we'd talk at length about 355, so I didn't want to beat a dead horse, even though it's just so perfect. The two that really resonated me the most wasn't even the Beth thing. That was just more of a personal Cameron-ism. Uh, his goodbye to Dr. Mann, I thought was so powerful. Uh, when she says, hey, you have such a big heart. And he's like, you don't need to like cry. And she's like, no, it's a warning. And I'm like, Oh, well, there's three now. I think about it. I was like, I was like, oh, that just <laughs> ruined me. Uh, but he, he, it touches back on it a little bit later. And I tweeted this on my personal Twitter account, but um, he said to his younger self, he says, what? Basically, go get your heart broken. Uh, go, what was it? Beat that heart up of yours so that it's ready when you really need it. And I was like, oh, that was so good. And then, because it's like it's it's both. He receives that his heart is so fragile, but he's like, also like, I want to get it ready for who deserves it because I don't, he didn't broken with like Beth yeah. and then ready for three sixty five. Like yeah. he just, what he wasn't ready. He like didn't have his heart like ready conditioned for the time that, you know, he really needed it with three fifty five, which I was like, Oh, that's perfect. And then I thought my favorite character in the whole thing, I thought ampersand's death was perfect. I was like, <laughs> And like, I knew we would get to that. Oh, I loved it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to get an ampersand tattoo because I've also been on this kick of like, I want a million tattoos right now. <laughs> I don't have any, but I just want a million. I bet Sav will make that design tonight. Oh, we talked about it. I just would love an ampersand tattoo because he freaking is, it, it's one of the, there's two things that just were perfect about that. Number one, uh, when we see York in the straight jacket you know, as he's older, he's surrounded by a bunch of clones, I guess, of Ampersand or just other monkeys. I don't know if they made that clear. No, I think they're clones because he says mm -hmm. they can't get them right. Yeah. That is the line where I'm like, they can't get them right because they're all so well behaved. I was like, oh, that is so good. And then, you know, to see him, no matter how. Uh, and then his last words, I think, to Ampersand, he's like, you really were a shit pet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, it's perfect. It's so perfect. Because question, no, question for you. Yeah. With your ampersand tattoo, would you have it with like one of its funky like air quotes where he's going like the eek or like one of those, or would he be like flinging poo, or uh, is no, it just I'd like get, a portrait? I get, I get the and sign, that the ampersand is. Okay. Yeah, I'm like that he's named after, which is also I think such a douchey name. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, you are the worst. <laughs> You're gonna name your monkey Ampersand. I hate you, and because he's like a he was an English major, right? Yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that guy, that I just great protagonist. Like, I don't know if there's Saga is a different animal altogether, but I'm like, I don't know if there's anyone like quite like Yorick that just is so. Such a specific type. He's so well-rounded, you know? Um, but yeah, okay, last last, last question then. We all went through our favorite moments. Oh, last two. Quickly, favorite character. I think you said yours was 355. Yeah, now? well, I was alluding to it, and then I knew we'd get here, but it was 355. 355, Russ? 355. We knew, we knew. You know what? I think mine is Yorick, because, and also major props to Alter. Because I was like, I didn't know how much I was going to love Alter's ending. Because I'm like, I thought it was kind of weird that she was so far in the beginning. And then we didn't hear much from her. Like, see her arc. 
But like in the end when she's begging for death, I kind of really liked that. I was like, ooh, that's actually so fulfilling. And then when I had like my epiphany about 355 name thing, it made me like alter more, even though that isn't kind of like a character trait of her. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was like, I felt special. Uh, but you're like his transformation and then lead up to the last page, him talking to his younger self too, where he's like, knock that frat shit out. Loved that. I was like, ooh, I love you. Uh, so... And always, always above all, ampersand. No one, anyone want to change their answer right now? Well, he's off limits. Because he's, because he's everyone's favorite character all the time. I feel like I should get that tattoo. I just, I get it on my ankle because why? Because I'm, I'm, com- I'm complicated. You should have your ampersand tattoo on the inside of your ankle facing your lion cat tattoo on the other ankle. <laughs> oh, I would get lying. I'd get the ampersand with a quote that says lying the way lying cat. <laughs> it makes no sense. Good mashup. Good mashup. Out of context, <laughs> nobody knows what they're uh, Everyone's like, you need to wear high socks. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, last question of them all. Uh, favorite, or what would you rate this out of 10? Um, Kyle, yeah, go first. All, all, all round, series, all, all round, all round book five with a with a five, a classic five. Wait, it's out of five. It's you supposed to be out of five. You just no, said no, out no, of, no, no, no. By volume, out of five. Series now is out of ten. So we're doing out of ten right now. Yeah, out of ten. Volume out of five. <laughs> five was a five. Five was a five. Okay. Uh, series, I, I don't, I would have to give it. 9.5 Number 5 very strong Russ uh, Volume 5 you make me cry you get a 5 That's just the way it works oh my God. That's fair that's very fair that's very fair Yeah series 9 point 9 Wow I, like, <laughs> I definitely oh didn't think it would be more positive than mine But that's what nice was your series? Oh, I loved it it was so what was your well, series? Just, I thought you gave it a 10 I gave it 9.5 you guys are all a bunch of jerks. What? Nine, well, here's the thing. It's That's like if a. I gave other my logic behind yeah. this. We always fight about this. It's like if I'm just like rating something, right? Like if you just ask me, like we didn't have other episodes, and you're like, oh, rated out of ten, and I'm like, then I would give it a ten because I'm thinking through my experience of the comic book genre. This is like my favorite thing I've read, so it's a ten. But in the context of <laughs> us doing these episodes, I'm thinking to myself, wait. I've given other volumes within this lower than a five out of five. So the math doesn't make sense to me if I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Cause it's like, well, why isn't everything a five out of five? You know, Russell, that's to a T exactly what I was thinking when I said 9.5. <laughs> I said, I remember, I swear giving one of them like a four out of five. I swear I gave one like a 4.2. That's my exact thought process by giving that a 9.5. Okay. Think about, this is my thought process. You both suck. All right. <laughs> like, I don't care about my May? other grades. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It was a perfect freaking volume. I'm like, because I I think you guys are doing it by volume. You know what I mean? I guess breaking up each individual chapter. When I look at it, I look at the entire arc, and I'm like, was it completely perfect? No, but were the goods? Isn't completely perfect a ten out of ten though? No, because did the did the goods overshadow the bads by a lot? Yes. Did it set out to tell the story it told well? Absolutely. Did a perfect job telling the story it set out to tell. And that being the case, okay, ten out of ten perfect ending it made you cry and it's not a 10 that's on you all right i'm telling those tears to mind their own business okay i'm i got attitude i got attitude about the rating we've got beef now good and i'm like <laughs> russell like literally you live and die by this i'm sorry it's nine yeah that's a 9.9 <laughs> yeah. i've never what do you mean a whole series 9.9 that's yeah, as that's good as it's great, getting that's... i expected this response came if like russell randomly pulled out of his ass like a 7.8 <laughs> oh no i love i love why so much i know you do i know i know, I know it wasn't gonna be anything lower than you. that but it's but yeah it's like my favorite it's for sure my favorite like yeah. comic book thing that i've read i mean not that i have a lot of experience because i don't No, but, but i think honestly you're, you're this is uh, mount rushmore for sure material yeah so you know what i give a 10 cameron i give a 10 ultimate spider-man that's what i personally really? give a 10 i find offense to that i haven't even read that Next series, I can't remember. <laughs> Pretty sure Kyle, did we ever review Ultimate Spidey? 
No, uh, we were we talked about it and then we planned this and then you know that was like a year ago and then both of our school schedules sucked. So you know what I want to do. You know what I want to do next, and I'm not guaranteeing this on the air, but I just really want to when the series coming out and it'll be a lot easier. Paper Girls. Yo, it's three volumes. It's Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. The series is coming out on Amazon Prime, which I think will do so much better there because they have the budget for it and like. The boys is what I'm comparing it to. So I just think that they have every, they have all the resources. I don't know if why have the resources in the backing, even though it, it deserved it. Um, well, Amazon's for sure the spot to be for like graphic novel, comic book material between that and invincible. I mean, yeah, the adaptation, but, but I'm like, I guess there's a factor of Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg there. That I, is, you I, know. I sort of like that. There won't be a completed Y visual series. I don't know. Part of it's like, not that I mean I would like it to be to be fair, but you yeah, yeah Mister Nine Point so, Nine over there <laughs> yeah there, there's something so special about like the yes. the written form of it that it's like I know that I'd be so hypercritical of watching it throughout and like not like a lot of things because of how I enjoyed them in the book. I know I was with the season part yeah. of the season first season that I watched. It's I like know I was. Wait, yeah, wait. he did too good of a job. <laughs> we gotta we gotta wrap it up because I'm I'm running out of battery, so it'll just die on me. Here. Oh, okay, fine. But, um, that's fine. We don't have to talk anymore. We can, up, Russ. We can, we can yeah. talk. Yeah, that's you, my bad. Yeah. Yes, you're definitely just going home after this. But um, make sure to go. <laughs> we're gonna have this conversation later, but it, we all know it's a perfect medium. I think that's what Russ is trying to say. Um, comic books are for everyone. Um, make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons, and uh, go check out Cameron Reads Comics on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and. There's one more platform, but I forget. And iTunes, I think. TikTok? YouTube. You on TikTok, Cam? I'm not on TikTok. Everyone wants me to be. Spotify? I'm not. I am on Vine? Spotify. We're on Vine. Tumblr? <laughs> you YouTube? Did you say YouTube? YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Those are the three. Okay. I got you. All right. Thank Pinterest? you. See you guys next time.